Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Revolution Watch podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Kuro, and I'm joined, as always, by Stephanie Ip. Hi, everyone, and、uh, Merry Christmas to all. We are two days from Christmas. Yes. So today's episode is going to be a fun one. This is the Christmas special of the Revolution Watch podcast. So for this episode, we had an idea with Steph. We decided that we wanted to bring in most of the editor in chiefs、uh, for the different editions of Revolution magazine, as well as some friends from,、uh, from the magazine. And we wanted to ask them what would be the watch that they wanted to put on their Christmas wish list. That's correct. And so in this episode, you will hear from Darren,、uh, who is our editor in chief in Asia,、uh, Richard, our, our editor in chief in the UK, Ross Povey, who's the watch,、um, sorry, the tutor and Rolex specialist.、Uh, we have Israel, who is from our Mexico and Latin America edition, Titan Chan, who's the China editor in chief. And Adam Craniotis, who is the US editor in chief. Yes, and on top of that, you'll hear from our good friends、uh, at the Singapore Watch Club and o、uh, r o l o o p as well. Great.、Um, so, shall we just get into our own picks for the wish list and then go straight into all our friends? Yes. So, Steph, what is the watch that you saw this year that kind of caught your eye that you wish you could put under your Christmas tree? Okay, so I had several, like my, my thought process was this basically going through it.、Um, I was like, do I need to pick something that was reasonable, re- reasonably within my budget? Or, okay, okay. So something you could afford. Yeah, or, or because it's a wish list, I can just pick whatever、mm-hmm. I wanted. Okay. And I think I went with something that I really wanted, although I do not have the means to get it for now. And that is the Vachon Constantin Overseas Perpetual Calendar Ultra Thin. Okay. And I mean, there are several factors why I love it so much. I think,、um, first of all, the perpetual calendar is something that I really love. It's a high complication that、um, we've been seeing quite a lot this year. And I particularly like the, the dial layout of this one.、Um, plus, the, the movement is ultra thin, so、uh, it fits so well on even a woman's wrist.、Um, so I love it. Really,、uh, very, very much.、Um, and the second thing is the full rose gold, you know,、uh, integrated bracelet on this one. It, it's just so amazing, so beautiful to look at.、Um, and so that's my pick. Okay, so it's like a bit of a classy, blingy, but also high horology watch. Yeah.、Uh, that people who know what it is will、yeah. appreciate them. And obviously,、sure. the overseas is sort of Vacheron Constantin's sportier. Design.、Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's still really elegant.、Um, it's something that you can wear for, I mean, you can rock it every day if you wanted to, but also I feel like it will, it will、um, blend into whatever black tie or cocktail event that you would have as well.、Mm. Yeah, you can also mix it and match it with other bracelets.、Uh, I, I think VC has a, a rubber strap, a leather strap on top of the, the, the bracelet that they have. Yeah. Cool. So, Kevin, what is your pick? All right, so I'm not going to be very original because it's a, it's a model name that you actually hear quite often, but I'm going to choose、uh, Audemars Piguet Royal Oak. Now, the thing is that for the longest time, I've wanted to own the normal Royal Oak.、Um, well, not the normal, but I guess the, the most iconic. Yeah, the, the one that everyone wants, which is the reference 15202. So, as, the, you know, as close as possible as you can get from an original. 
1972 uh, Royal Oak. But the thing is, obviously, they're very hard to come by. Uh, you know, people call call it unobtainium, something mm-hmm. that you have to get on the on the wait list for many years or be a very good client or know people. And so, in my case, um, something that I've always kind of, you know, been uh, circling, also eyeing. yeah, eyeing or like c- circling over is the the other one, which was I guess people call it the base or like entry level Royal Oak, uh, which was the reference fifteen four hundred. So that was the one that came out in two thousand and twelve, and. It's a bit more affordable. Um, it's it's larger at forty one millimeter, and the thing that's great that happened this year is that AP released an update to that model, which is called the Reference fifteen five hundred, and with it, it actually brings in quite a lot of small design changes, uh, both outside and inside, and it just makes the watch that much greater, and an option that people should really consider. Uh, if they're looking at a 15202. Um, but even if they can get access to a 15202, there's always the 15500 that they should consider, I think. So what what I love about this one, um, obviously it comes in, in three uh, dial configuration. I would go for the blue one because, uh, you know, blue is my favorite color. So one of the design change that they did is mostly on the dial. The dial is much cleaner. Um, on on the old version from uh, f- from before, it said the word automatic uh, on the lower um, half of the of the dial, and I think a lot of people had kind of an issue with it because it kind of messed up the, the the design. But with the new one, with the fifteen five hundred, they kind of cleaned it up, and it's just it's very pure now. So so you get just the AP logo at the top. Um, and then they they shortened also the indexes and made them a bit thicker. So it's just it's just the overall design uh, that's just fairly like I would even say more beautiful than the other one. The interesting thing also is the inside movement. So they started using the new caliber forty three zero two, which is the in house movement that they introduced in the Code eleven fifty nine uh, time only watch earlier this year. So for people who want an updated movement in house. This one has a power reserve of 70 hours, um, a cleaner looking design. I think this is definitely the, the watch to go for. The interesting part also is that it's thicker. So the way it sits on my wrist, it actually allows the bracelet to curve down much nicer around the wrist. Even better, I would say, than a 15202. So, you know, now I'm torn between if I could afford one, which one I should go for, either a 15500 or the 15202, but if I were to put one on my Christmas tree this year, it would probably be a 15500. Cool. So sorry, that was a very long uh, explanation. Uh, it was I very just, long. Sorry, I, I just felt that I had to say all this because this is what attracted me to the watch uh, to begin with. So here we are. Shall we move on to our next conversation with yes. Darren? Yes, so we'll start bringing in all the, all the guests and you'll hear from each one of them and what is their Christmas... Uh, watch that they want to put under their tree so let's get into it so joining us now is uh, Darren Ho who is the editor-in-chief for Revolution uh, Asia and Australia Darren how are you I'm very good Kevin how are you how's yourself yeah very good you know uh, preparing for Christmas and the end of the year and uh, 2020 is slowly rolling in 
Yeah, it's rolling in really quick this time around. Yeah, that's right. So, all right. So, we're asking all of our editors and friends of Revolution,、uh, what is the watch that they have on their Christmas、uh, wish list? So, what is yours, Darren? Actually, I kind I actually had two watches which I decided to pick one out of,、um, um, and both of them were in fact integrated bracelet watches. One was Chopin's Alpine Eagle, and then the other one was the Bell and Ross、uh, BR zero five. All right, and so out of the two,、uh, which one? If you have to only select just one, which one would you go for? Yeah, so、uh, I ended up picking the Bell and Ross BR zero five in the full gold, which is really a bizarre choice for me because. I rarely like、um, very heavy watches or full gold watches, but something about that design just really ended up speaking to me.、Um, I always think that when it comes to integrated bracelet watches, it's really about the entire form and symmetry that goes from the the bracelet to the case and to the dial. And in this particular example, I thought the choice of colors.、Um, um, The even the 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 tone of the gold that was、uh, present in the BR zero five full gold, um, um, the design of the links, the design of the bezel, as well as the the way the dial works because it's a it's a round dial on the square case、um, uh, with rounded edges. So all of that just from a design perspective, it really really speaks very very powerfully to me.、Um, I think at the end of the day, watches. Like these,、um, they are really meant to be worn for anywhere, anytime, anyhow. And I could see myself wearing this whether it's on the beach or whether、uh, it's at a cafe having lunch or at a business meeting or、uh, at a, a a full gala, you know. So yeah, that was the watch I really kind of wanted on my Christmas list. All right, great. Well, that that's a very interesting choice,、uh, uh, for sure. And then,、uh, in in the spirit of Christmas, also,、um, how do you usually celebrate Christmas? Oh,、um, actually, most of the time, because it's really also just around the corner from my birthday, I tend to just go away with either friends or family.、Um, but this time around, in this case, actually, I have a bunch of friends who actually flew into Singapore, so I'm、uh, okay. we're going to be hosting a little bit of a Christmas party. <laughs> awesome!、Uh, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. You were by yourself. What are your plans for Christmas? Uh, uh, you know, just staying, uh, staying here in Hong Kong. Um, um, nothing much really. It's just you know the the same old. Usually, gather with friends and families. You know, um, open gifts and then、uh, and that'll be it. Just very very simple. I usually tend to um wait for also the 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 NBA games that happen uh the day after Christmas. So that's usually something that I always look forward to. Ah,、uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I think it's just about family, right? It's about getting back together, celebrating the year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything for this year that、um, you're you're grateful for? Well, I think to be very very honest, um, um, it's it's pretty much the first year that I've had a revolution, and、mm-hmm. I've forgotten how kind of fun it can be to work at a title like this. When you really have access to information and knowledge, as well as a great crew to work with, so number one, I'm very very thankful for my colleagues, and number two, I think also thankful that the industry still very strongly relates and believes in us. We have a lot of plans for 2020, I think, and I hope that、uh, it will keep going stronger for sure. 
yeah let, let's hope so too let's keep up the the good work i think like you said uh, people tend to appreciate the 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 knowledge and the uh, and the in-depth uh, explanations that we give in, in our pages so uh, let's uh yeah le let's keep giving them uh, what we're good at yeah for sure <laughs> all right well darren it was very good uh talking to you and then uh have a lovely christmas uh enjoy the holidays and then uh, we'll talk to you very soon yeah you too all right so joining us uh today is a famous watch collector Oruloop. uh Oruloop, thank you very much for your time thanks for having me all right so we ask you to um talk to us because it's christmas Mm -hmm. And everyone has a wish list, and for watch collectors, usually it tends to be a, a very nice watch. So tell us a bit, which watch from this year uh, do you want to have on your wish list? Well, originally my Christmas wish list was actually the ceramic uh, open work um, perpetual calendar uh, from AP, but. Uh, AP was very nice and gave it to me early. So, <laughs> for me, so that's the one you can cross off. Yeah. So um, I guess since I already got, uh, since I already um, acquired that watch, uh, a watch that would be on my Christmas wish list would probably actually be a Patek Five Two One Two, the new watch that was released at Basel World this mm -hmm. year with a handwritten uh, dial. Right. Yeah. Um, because I think that's a watch that is very unconventionally uh patek if you know what i mean like i wouldn't before basel i did i had no idea that they would release something like that mm -hmm. um it's also a smart move to branch away from the nautilus mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. aquanauts and to um release something in steel um in the calatrava collection right and i think that's a perfect uh watch to start i mean obviously it's a controversial watch right mm -hmm. some people don't like it they think the doll is messy but I think it's a perfect suit watch for everyday wear. Um, so on the theme of Christmas, do you want to also tell us how you normally spend your Christmas? Do you tend to travel a lot or? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, as, as you know, I travel a lot. And um, when I was a kid, obviously, I would spend it with my family and all of that. But right now, it's like everyone's all around the world. And for me, since I'm half Chinese, we tend to celebrate and take Chinese New Year more into account and we uh spend that together as a family so for me um this year i'm not too sure probably spend it with my mom and friends mm -hmm. um but back in shanghai right um or maybe hong kong i'm not sure yet so yeah <laughs> cool family and friends in both places so. yeah. all right well thank you very much for your input on the christmas wishes and we hope that you get your patek very soon thank you me too yeah. it's been a while <laughs> yes all right we'll talk to you soon so joining us now is uh, Richard Holt, who's our editor-in-chief for Revolution in the UK. Uh, Richard, hello, and how are you? Oh, I'm great, Kevin. How are you doing? We're doing very well. Uh, so Stephanie is with me, and yep. we brought you in because we are uh, in the midst of the Christmas festivities, and we are asking our editors what is the watch that they have on their Christmas wish list this year. So which watch is yours? Well, for me, it'd have to be a Seiko, and particularly there's a limited edition Prospects. It's not got not got a very sexy name, SLA033JI or something like that. You know, you've lost the audience mm. when you start doing long code names. But it's a really beautiful, great, big, chunky diving watch. And for me, this year was really about Seiko a lot because I've always been a fan of the band. I have a few Seiko 5s, really, I like it from the lower end. But I 
was lucky enough to do a trip out with Seiko this year and they took us to all their different factories and showed us how they work. And I'd mm. been to Japan before, but I'd never, I'd never been on a watch trip and I'd seen lots of Swiss factories, but to watch how the Japanese do it is incredible. And their, their craftsmanship is amazing from the, you know, from the most accessible pieces right through to the amazing uh, Grand Seikos, the dedication mm. to style they have. And in some of the factories, they even work on these sort of handcrafted mahogany desks. So they really okay. seem to be making the working environment this beautiful place for everyone and making beautiful watches. So I was blown away by it, really. Is the Swiss um, manufacturers quite different from the Japanese ones? Yeah, for definite. One thing I noticed, and this was, I, I asked about this, you see loads of people in the Swiss factories, the watchmakers, they have, they have headphones on and they're kind of in yeah. their own little world. You don't see any of that in Japan. It's like, it's it's the you have to be fully concentrated on the task. Right. But right. they're they're happy. No one seems to be suffering, you know. And they have things. They every forty minutes, whatever it is, they like a, a sound goes off, and everyone stands up and exercises. So they're really thinking of everyone's <laughs> happiness. And wow. I think the end result is certainly great. Cool. Yeah. And so on that particular watch that you picked, is there any uh, specific a uh, aspect that you, you enjoy uh, most? You know, I'm actually I'm, I'm looking at this watch now and I'm thinking I, I like all their diving watches. And it would actually it would have to be between this one and, you know, the one that they nicknamed the Samurai that has these kind of these kind of uh, um, angular case. I think that gets the nickname from the Samurai Helmets. I just think they, I mean, they're nice, clear, legible things, but it's just such a lovely big chunk of metal on all of them. So I'm slightly undecided as to which exact one I pick, but they're all great, the, the Seiko Divers. Right. Are you a big fan of Divers Watch uh, in general? Not particularly, actually. Mm. Uh, particularly only, only Seiko. And I didn't come into the brand through the divers. Um, I think it was partly on this trip. You know how like you don't you don't know you like something and then you're exposed to it and then suddenly right, you find yeah. yourself like checking the prices and thinking, can I do I really need another watch in my life right now? Mm. But it's a it's the danger of the job, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I I've also I've also got another watch that I'm that I'm trying to stop myself buying that has long been tempted, which is um which is a Hamilton, an Elvis watch. Oh, yeah, 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 the, with the kind of triangular style. Um, so that, that's, a, that's a watch I think I need in my life. You know, and you have this idea in your head, you think, I've, I just need one of those in my life. But yeah. I don't really buy quartz watches, so it would have to be, a, it would have to be um, one of the automatic ones. And, of course, the original Elvis one was, was you know, an early electronic watch. Yeah, so, yeah. So then I'd basically just be buying a watch that I've seen in Men in Black. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, that's right. I don't, know, I don't know if that's the right way to go, but I feel myself drawn in that direction. Um, I mean, it, it comes down to our personal tastes uh, in, in the end. When it comes to, uh, to the Christmas festivities, um, how do you tend to normally celebrate it? Well, I mean, I've got little kids now, so it's a it's a lot different. Christmas was a drinking holiday for us in for for <laughs> when I'm in Britain, but it's become like a family thing for me now. So, right. um, at the moment, we've got like 
lots of different lunches so so all different watch brands take us kind enough to take us out for lunch so we've got a few mm. more of those and then it'll just be home with the family and then you know so a, a, a fairly quiet christmas at home with my with my kids and then then going to see various relatives but they're dotted around mostly the south of the uk so not traveling that far this christmas all right then. well in, uh, in that case uh, we're going to wish you a merry christmas and a happy holidays And then uh, hopefully we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you very much for uh, coming on a podcast and uh, sharing your, your Christmas wish list with us. Thank you very much and a happy holidays to all of you as well. Well, so our next guest is uh, Ross Povey, who's the Rolex and Tudor editor at Revolution Magazine. Uh, uh, Ross, how are you? And thank you for your time. I'm very well, thank you. And it's a pleasure to uh, be speaking to you guys this morning. All right. So um, we brought you in because uh, you've selected for us uh, a watch on your Christmas uh, Christmas list. Do you mind telling us uh, which one it is? Yeah, of course. The watch that I uh, really love and hope that Santa puts under the tree is the um, Tudor Black Bay Chrono Dark, uh, the special limited edition watch that Tudor launched this year at the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask, are you a big fan of the All Blacks or rugby in general? Well, as an Englishman, um, I'm obviously a big fan of England rugby. Mm. It was uh, a real delight this year for us, obviously, in the semi-final. Uh, I was actually at a Tudor event watching the game between the All Blacks and England. And, um, you know, what a great game. Um, I, I do. I like rugby. I, I'm not a huge fan. I've never really played it, but I like watching it. And I think it was a, an exciting game to be uh, there with Tudor watching it. And obviously England won, which was a huge bonus and quite a big surprise for us uh, on the right. day. Would you Do you mind telling us why you, you chose this watch? Why does it speak to you? I think there's two things about the watch. I mean, obviously I'm a big Tudor fan. Uh, I don't make any secret of that. Um, mm. I think for me, I, well, there's a, actually, there's, not, there's more than two reasons why I love this watch. Um, I, I'm a Tudor fan. Um, I really like chronographs. I think they are um, very cool watches and I enjoy wearing them. Mm -hmm. But I think the two specific things about this actual watch is the fact that, um, you know, the, the Tudor have this um, way of operating that's very distinct from their um, sister brand Rolex. And I think Tudor get away with doing certain things that Rolex wouldn't um, allow uh, for their watches so like the first obvious thing is the fact that the watch is a pvd coat yeah. um, and i always thought that was a little bit uh, like you know hans wilsdorf uh, in his absence of course but sort of you know cocking a snook at all these pvd customizers and the way that they've been doing this to um you know oyster watches for many many years now so i think it's very cool when they initially launched the mm. black bay dark Um, with the PVD coating. The fact that then the chronograph came in that coating, for me personally, maybe I'm in the minority, but I like the PVD coated Rolexes and Tudors when they're done. Um, and so for me to have one from the factory is brilliant. The second thing that I think is is particularly interesting is that it is, is an actual limited edition. So Tudor now for maybe a, a couple of years or three years have been creating individually numbered watches so it started with the pelagos left hand drive which was individually mm -hmm. numbered but not limited then they did it with the harrods watch which was individually numbered but not limited so these watches are now you know the i think the 
Pelagos left-hand drive is up to maybe, it's in, I think there are 5,000 uh, is, is the number that uh, they are at at the minute. What I like about the, the Black Bay Chrono Dark is the fact that it is uh, absolutely limited to the number of players that have ever been capped for New Zealand. So at the minute it's 1,180 approximately. And then every time that a player is capped for their country, for New Zealand, Tudor will make one watch. So conservatively, that's maybe five a year. And so it's the first time ever that, a, a, you know, a, an actual limited edition watch has been made available from um, from Tudor or Rolex. So for me, it ticks a lot of boxes and I really, really love that watch. Yeah, I feel like it's quite meaningful for them to have done it this way as well. So it is it is limited, but like they're still making it, but not at an absurd number. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and each each watch will be numbered, and and I think that's that brings its own interest from collectors because, you know, some people will want the specific number of their favorite player from over the years. Mm-hmm. Other people will want, you know, um, I've got a friend who collects numbered watches, and um, he likes them to have as many. Uh, number eights in the number as he can because right, it's right. the lucky number I've got um you know friends who like the lowest possible number so you know getting single digits or zero zero whatever is a real coup for them um in their you know acquiring of, of special watches so yeah I think it's I think it, it, there's a lot going on behind the scenes and under the surface with this watch uh, for me just makes it my you know, my watch of the year, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it is also interesting from, you know, uh, when you look at the two brands, Rolex and Tudor, how, you know, Rolex is kind of using Tudor as a, as kind of like their experimental kind of brand where they can do other things that people would want to see on Rolex watches, but without really, you know, affecting the Rolex brand itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there's always been an element of that in the, um, Hans Wilsdorf saw Tudor as you know the maybe the brand that they could have a little bit more fun with, and I think we've always mm-hmm. seen that over the years in the use of colours. You know, not forgetting that Tudor had the first automatic chronograph um, out of the factory twelve years ahead of Rolex. So mm-hmm. the automatic chrono from Tudor was the big block, which was released in 1976. Rolex didn't bring out the automatic Daytona, uh, the, the Zenith-powered watches, until 1988. So that's you know 12 years later. So so I think you know that if you look at the colours and the chronographs in the 70s, um, you know the use of blue in the Submariner in as 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 far back as the late 60s, it was always an opportunity to try things out to you know have a bit of fun. I'm sure that's not how. I'm not sure that's how he articulated it, but you know. Um, but that's how that's we, how see, we it. see it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's this thing that um, I said a few years ago that the Tudor's like the Prince Harry of Rolex. It's allowed to get away mm. a bit more than anybody else in the family because it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And I think for me, Tudor have uh, got it. They they just keep getting it right time after time with these watches. Um, and you know being able to launch the black bay chrono dark at the world cup as part of you know they were the official timekeepers 
it, it, it was the perfect storm and such a special watch. And of course, it's caused a complete, um, you know, stampede for the for the watches. You know, um, the the available numbers to be delivered around the world has been fractional compared to demand. Um, not unlike the chronograph from Rolex, of course, the Daytona. You know, it's something mm-hmm. about these. Um, you know, uh, Wilsdorf stable chronographs that people can't get their hands on, and it's that that's and that's part of the joy for collectors, isn't it? The wanting yeah. something that aspirational, you know, unavailable yeah. Yeah. watch that drives a lot of this um, excitement. Thank you very much, Russ, for uh, taking the time to share with us your Christmas uh, wish list. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks, guys. So joining us now is uh, Tom, who's the founder of uh, the Singapore Watch Club. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for your time and uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, So because our theme uh, for this podcast is uh, Christmas, so we wanted to ask you which watch uh, you have on your Christmas wish list uh, this year. I think for this year, it's going to be old about PK. They they completely killed it with this year's uh, release, especially with the new Salmon the new salmon uh, ultra thin jumbo and white gold that was yeah, yeah. i would love to have that for christmas and another one that i think was a was a really nice one was the ceramic perpetual sca- uh, perpetual calendar skeleton that was a really right, cool yeah. watch i think if if it was just two mm smaller it might be actually the best royal oak ever made <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's very impressive. First of all, Audemars Piguet is always making uh, very good watches with their ceramic, uh, as, as they as they have proved with the first uh, first one that came out. So uh, I think and, and, and another yeah. one, another one that, that really comes to mind. If, if I if I really want to ask Santa for something, would probably be the Acrivia uh, Rexchepi Series One. All right. Yeah. So that I think that's a fantastic piece. One of the top watches uh, now for sure. Especially right. the one for only watch. Yeah, yeah, that that one was was really great. And, and and so so out of the three that you just mentioned, if you had to just you know stick like if you could only pick one, which one would you choose? It's probably gonna have to be the Royal Oak Skeleton Perpetual Calendar and Ceramic. Okay, all right. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean that you can't go wrong with that for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then so uh, staying on the theme of Christmas, um, how do you usually celebrate Christmas? Uh, we just had a Christmas party at my place a couple of days ago uh, last weekend, so that was quite nice. Me and the girlfriend had a few friends over. We had we we had we ordered in some food. We had some drinks. We played some games. We exchanged presents. I think it was perfect. It was, it was fantastic. This is exactly what you know something like this that's in the in the spirit of Christmas, spending time with your loved ones and your friends and families. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so since we're uh, you know slowly approaching the end of 2019 as well, um, is there anything that you're specifically you know grateful for this year that happened? I'm really just overall grateful to the entire watch community for being so nice and so supportive of each other. You know, and it's it's really encouraging when I see new people join the passion, they understand about watches, they fall in love, and then it's it really changes their their life, like how it changed mine. So I think that's what I'm really grateful for: the community all coming together just purely based on their passion for timepieces. All right, awesome. Uh, well, th- thank you very much for your input and thank you very much for taking the time to, to speak with us on, on that. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Tom. 
All right, so we have now uh, Israel Ortega, who's the editor-in-chief for Revolution uh, Mexico. Israel, thank you very much for your time and welcome to the podcast. No, thank you for having me, Kevin. It's a pleasure being here. So we brought you in. Uh, Christmas is around the corner and obviously everyone has a, a watch that they want to maybe own at some point. So I wanted to ask you which watch from this year uh, you would like to have on your Christmas wish list. Well, there, there are so many. Uh, studying well when we all went to the SIHA there were so many things I know that the NIF is coming to an end we just keep getting surprises such as the one from MBNF and the and the Tarzan of the, the legacy machine Thunderdome but uh, I remember uh, I can say it was love at first sight because it, it was a watch that I already knew before we all knew it before uh, from Patek Philippe which is quite very special not because it's just the, the, the run of the mill uh, very uh, sought after Patek Philippe. It's a very special watch because it's quite, you know, uh, it, it, it brings attention to itself because it's not the usual Patek Philippe. We're talking about the Calatrava 5235. Uh, if the number doesn't tell you much to, to, to our audience, is that uh, that watch that is an annual calendar with a regulator type dial. So it's a watch I, I, I've been in love with for a long time since its since production in. Uh, 2012, if I remember correctly, and now this year, Patek Philippe brought it back with a new finishing, with a uh, rose gold case and a slate or graphite uh, dial, and it just brings the watch uh, even more, more so to to the current days, uh, modern looking. But with this uh, savoir-faire of uh, Patek watchmaking that we all, all know very well, and um, this is one of the most complicated and, and special movements Patek has developed in the recent years. So besides being a very nice, a very pretty watch, it's quite complicated. And if you ask with Patek Philippe, uh, Patek Philippe and especially its head of development, such as uh, Philippe Barat, he will tell you that this watch was a nightmare from the beginning because they wanted to do so many things with it. Started with a 240, which wasn't uh, good enough design-wise to, to make a regulator watch work. So they have to develop the new, uh, with the then new 31260 which is a, a very uh, nice automatic uh, movement with a micro rotor and so many advancements that bring the, the, the better side of the watch, not only in terms of aesthetics, but also in terms of, of mechanics, which is a very cool surprise for people who are looking for something very special, not the usual 5711s or 5970s or the like from Patek Philippe, which we all know they are very, very, very uh, uh, sought after. Well, this one is for people who want something different. And if they are into regulator type watches, which you won't find at every wrist in every corner, it's a good uh, starting point for, for making a difference with the wrist. Yeah, I think Patek Philippe this year especially has done really well with, you know, bringing uh, new products that that are surprising. Like I think the other one that a lot of people liked was the weekly calendar. The Calatrava line, like they, they've they've made a lot of really exciting new products this year. No, and if I may add about Calatrava, uh, last year we saw the 6006, uh, which is another Calatrava, a black one with a small seconds at five uh, 430. I'm sorry, and the 240 was was to be the uh, the basis for the movement of the of the regulator, but because of the positioning of the small seconds at 530. It didn't make sense for a regulator watch, which we all know you had the, the hours at 12, the small seconds at, at 6, and the large sweeping head at the middle. So the 240, which is the movement for the 
for the Calatrava 606, which I like very, very, very much. Well, it, it's kind of a nice story to see Calatrava still uh, bringing surprise uh, to, to people who like, you know, elegant watches, but just the, 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 the enough uh, technical feats to make it interesting for people who want, yes, a classic watch, but a little bit more complicated. And we're talking about, first and foremost, an annual calendar. We all know Patek calendars are, are, are pretty much the, the, the most well-respected in the world. And when you add the complication of, uh, of a module for the regulatory timekeeping, it's, I mean, it, it's a watch to, to look hours and hours. And, and, and I, I, I can't get, get enough of that watch. I just saw it in a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago here in Mexico. And then again this weekend, and it's just a, a beautiful watch to, to see and to make us remember that Calatrava is the essential Patek Philippe. I, I think we couldn't agree more uh, with, with what uh, with what you just said. Uh, so, in, in terms of Christmas, also, um, how do you usually celebrate it over uh, in, in Mexico? Mexico is a very uh, family-oriented type of gatherings, uh, you know, because of, of uh, the, the, the religious the, the religious uh, uh, culture here in Mexico mm -hmm. City and overall in Mexico. So, uh, in my case, for instance, I, I I tend to spend it with my family Christmas. Not much more so uh, uh, New Year because you're more festive. You know, like you, you, you want to go clubbing or something like that. But mm. Christmas itself is, you know, dinner on 24th and then uh, you, you spend time with the family and, and the 25th. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, it's very traditional. Of course, we have lots of, 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 you know, influence from the United States in terms of the Santa Claus stuff and all that. But mm. uh, at the end of the day, it's a family gathering. It's a family festivity. And it has been for a very long time, and I will try to keep it going forward in the future. All right, perfect. And then uh, I know also that you're uh, you yourself are a big sports fan. Uh, is there any uh, sporting events that you're looking uh, uh, forward to around the Christmas time? Wow, you know, uh, I am a big fan of so many sports, but now that you <laughs> yeah. no, no, that, that you're mentioning, mentioning it, uh, well, I remember we saw each other at, at the. Rugby Sevens World Cup in San Francisco last year. You, you, you may remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I followed it closely. But, uh, you know, in a kind of related sport, I follow American football very much. And, and we're starting into, you know, the, the, the final stretch of the regular season coming into the playoffs. And, and American football is a very, uh, you know, n not Christmassy event, Christmassy sport, but you, you, you try to... to to, to see it in, in the final stages of the year. And it's quite fun to see, you know, uh, from time to time, a game, you know, covered with snow or, or, or very nasty weather. You know, it's part of the essence of American football. And well, that, that's maybe the, the, the most important sport right now that I'm, I'm seeing. There, there's basketball and we just saw the President's Cup this past weekend. There are so many things, but uh, Right now, as a matter of, of, of short-term activities, well, American football is a thing right now. All right, perfect. Well, uh, Israel, thank you very much for your time and for uh, speaking to us uh, today. Yeah, thank you, Israel. No, Kevin, Stefan, thank you very much for having me, and I hope to see you soon. In uh, I wouldn't say at the CHA, but there would be one, because yeah. it's called <laughs> Mourners, and, and it'll be till this uh, spring. But... I'm sure we'll we'll cross our paths in, in the coming future. Yes, for sure. Merry Christmas, um, and we will see you in the next year.
of course, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and all, and thanks for our listeners for for sharing a little time uh, with us, with us and, and for allowing us to share our experiences and, and our love for watchmaking. And don't forget that you have the chance to enjoy watchmaking like nobody's watching. Don't tell anyone otherwise. <laughs> That's the perfect ending. Thank you so much, Israel. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Uh, bye. All right, and joining us on the line is uh, our Editor-in-Chief for Revolution China, Titan Chen. Uh, Titan, how are you? Good, how are you, Kevin? Very nice meeting you guys. Yeah, very good to hear from you. Uh, thanks again for, for your time. Um, so we were getting you on the line to ask you, uh, first of all, um, what is your favorite way of you know celebrating Christmas in general? Well, you know that uh, the Christmas in uh, Asia, especially China or Taiwan, it's not a kind of like a very official like holiday or big holiday or yeah as Chinese New Year but still um, people like the 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 vibe of a celebration so me uh, this year I'm going to UK for the Christmas hopefully that I will have a very Christmas Christmassy holiday there I'm sure you will there will be the yeah the the, the festive um atmosphere will be a lot stronger in the UK than yeah, in China. Yeah, I hope so. I yeah. So how about you guys? Uh, I'm staying in Hong Kong. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, same here. We're just going to stay here and uh, just, you know, slowly uh, get to, to the new year where, you know, it's going to be a lot of changes, especially in, uh, in the watchmaking industry. So that should be very interesting. So, um, so close to Christmas, I think when the podcast comes out, it will be two days before Christmas. Um, can you tell us what watch you would like to have on your Christmas wish list this year? This is a tough question because I thought about it earlier, but you know there are always a lot watches on my list. But this mm-hmm. year, I particularly want a, a JJ Lecoult, a Reversal Tribute Moon. Um, I want I want it because uh, actually I tried it before and it's a really nice watch, especially like and so far I didn't have any uh, square watch. So I think for reversal, it's a very uh, it's a very good choice to be right. my first square watch. Right, and this watch didn't come out this year, right? It came out two two years ago, I think. It right? was it was launched uh, in uh, two thousand seventeen, and I well the first time I saw it was in the SIA church. Mm. I have to admit that I I'm in love with the first sight on this watch. Ah. Yeah. Because, as you know, the reversal is a very classic design from JJ yeah. Lecoult, and it has the you know two faces, and mm-hmm. this one is this one uh, the white dial side. It has the moon face, which is also a, a function I love a lot, mm-hmm. and the other side is a blue dial with the guilloche uh, decoration, and there is a day and night uh, indicator. Which is, I think it's a very uh, beautiful, elegant, and practical watch. Yeah, I think so. The back especially looks quite nice. The blue one with the with the sun and the moon, small like a small dial. Yeah. Yeah, and also like you know, if you get this watch, you, you basically feels like you have two watches because you can switch the side and because the the color of the dial is different, so you can wear it to match different outfit or events ah right yes yes that's right it's quite a good deal right because it feels like you have two watches 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's very yeah. versatile for sure. You get the so two for one type of type deal here. Yeah. So yeah, and also I think the size of my wrist is quite quite good, and also it's very eye catching where you wear the 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 reversal. So I yeah. think hopefully I can get it this Christmas awesome. or not longer after the Christmas. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tyden. I think it was really great talking to you, and I hope you have a, a wonderful holiday in the UK.、Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! Thank you, thank you too. I thank wish you. you have a、uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year too. Enjoy the holiday. Yeah, we'll、thank、see you. you next year. All right. So joining us now is Adam Kranjotis, who's the editor in chief for Revolution USA. Adam, thank you for your time and、uh, welcome to the podcast. It's my pleasure, and thank you for having me. So we want to thank you also because、uh, we know it's very late、uh, where you are right now. I think it's about two a.m.、Uh, in New York、uh, when when we call you, and、uh, I think you just finished、uh, the annual the holiday party of the Red Bar Crew. Is it? It's true. We we every year we have the、uh, the holiday party, the one time of year that I pay for everybody's drinks. <laughs> <laughs> But you have to understand that New York City is the city that never sleeps. So even if we didn't do this party, I would still be awake right now. All right,、mm. perfect. How was the party? It was actually a lot of fun.、Um, I, ordinarily, I don't. Ha- actually, ordinarily, I do have fun. But、um, but when you're paying for it, you start to feel it, shall we say? And、uh, but you know what? It was a great time. Everyone had fun. And you know what? If、uh, if you're not having fun, I'm not having fun. So as、mm. long as everyone's having a good time, I don't care what it costs.、Uh, a lot of watches, I assume. A lot of wrist shots. A lot of you know.、Uh, we had a few, but it,、uh, ironically, when we do the annual party, because everybody knows that they're going to be drinking a little more and having a little more fun, we don't bring all the watches out because you just、uh. you might forget them, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> so we did, have, but we did have some interesting pieces, and one of the. the Honestly, the stars of the show is the new stainless steel、um, Longa sport watch. So that's、oh, yeah. the first time I've seen one in person. Okay, so someone brought it to the party already. Oh yeah, somebody brought it. One, you know, not many people have them yet, but we do have one guy who's a huge Longa fan and, and a, a big collector. So I'm not surprised that he actually got one. And I have to tell you, this was a watch that I was not that impressed with. In the photos, and when、mm-hmm. I saw it in person and I tried it on, all I can say is I wish I didn't have two children and lived in Manhattan and wasn't a millionaire, because <laughs> I would love to own that watch. But at twenty eight thousand dollars, yeah, I'm not getting one. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think especially the bracelet part; it doesn't look as great on the photos, but when you see it in person, it makes a lot more sense. You know, you, you're speaking the gospel truth there because that was my biggest disconnect. And I saw photos that people had of the watch on a strap, and、mm-hmm. it looked fantastic to me. But the bracelet wasn't working, and yet that's the point of the watch: is it's、yeah. on the bracelet. And when、yeah. I saw it and I tried it on with the bracelet, like I said, I, I wish I had more money than I do. I love Longa for their. Uh, technical acumen for the finishing they do on their movements, but I'm not a dress watch guy, so it's not really the piece that I'm dying for.、Mm-hmm. This is the first watch they've done, and now that I've seen it in person, that 
it, it's something I could wear every day. Yeah. And so the watch that you actually chose for your wish list, um, can you tell us a bit more about that one? Of course. And this is something I had to I had to agonize over. There are pieces that um, honestly I could, you know, that that would they're so far beyond the realm of of possibility that yes, I could talk about it, but you know, if unless you're a billionaire with a yacht and a jet, you're not going to have it. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you one piece that really piqued my interest when I was at Dubai Watch Week was the new uh, GMT Sport from Grubel Forzi. That's five hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollars. So you know what? I could have made that the watch that I wanted, but that's not going to happen ever. So I will tell mm-hmm. you the watch that I would love to see under my Christmas tree uh, is actually the Grand Seiko SGBA413. Now, that that sounds very antiseptic for a watch that I feel is a very um, emotional piece. And Mm -hmm. so it's the uh, Shunbun, which refers to a specific uh, segment of the spring season in Japan. So this is a watch that is supposed to evoke the Sakura blossoms that are, are very, mm-hmm. you know, obviously famous uh, throughout Japan. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a dial that is part of the Four Seasons collection that it's actually a, a U.S. Um, release. These are yeah. not limited edition pieces. Uh, they will be production watches, but they're only sold in the U.S. And this particular watch, it uses the 62 GS case. Uh, Mm -hmm. from Grand Seiko. So it's something that speaks to their heritage from when Mm -hmm. the brand actually kicked off in 1960. Um, And then the dial itself. And you have to remember that Grand Seiko, uh, one of the things they're famous for, and rightly so, are their dials. Everybody knows about the snowflake dial. Mm -hmm. And the one Grand Seiko that I own is actually a blizzard dial. Um, And then they have the Mount Iwate dial. Oh, yeah. This style yeah. actually evokes the, uh, the Sakura blossoms. So it has a mm-hmm. slight pink hue to it. And that might sound a little strange to some people to have a watch with a pink dial, but it's so subtle. And then the texture of the dial is something that you really have to see to appreciate. And so mm-hmm. for me, this is a piece that I could almost afford if I didn't have two children. <laughs> Uh, and I've asked, I've asked brands in the past, will you accept children as payment? They won't. No. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody's listening and they think that that's an, a, a route to go to get your dream watch, I've tried it. It doesn't work. But this watch to me, it not only speaks to what Grand Seiko does in terms of their dial work, which is, is some of the best in the business. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a spring drive. And mm-hmm. that's a watch. It's, you know, it's a hybrid. It's, it's some people I think will kind of, turn up their nose at that and say, well, but there's a quartz aspect. It's not a quartz watch. It has a mainspring. Um, it does have a quartz oscillator in there, but mm-hmm. that's only to, to regulate the timekeeping. So it's still yep. a mechanical watch, but it's something that's new. It's something that to me is very unique to Grand Seiko. No one else is doing this. Um, the finishing is on the same level as anything that you would see from Switzerland or Germany. And the price point that they're bringing these watches in at, I think the it's sixty three hundred dollars in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, that's correct. There are not many brands that I that I think they can can kind of compete with them on that level. They're brands that certainly have the cachet from the name. You know, look, we all know Rolex is Rolex, 
But if yeah. you ask me, I'm going to tell you right now that if you take the equivalent Rolex to a Grand Seiko, the Grand Seiko has a better movement. It has a better dial. It has better hands. It has better indexes. It has a better case. Rolex has a better bracelet. So there you go. Mm. And yet yeah. you're going to be paying more. So I'm going to be honest with you. The watch that I want is is really the, uh, uh, I hate what I have to say, SGBA413, which sounds terrible, but it's the <laughs> Shunbun. The Shunbun. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's interesting is for the Japanese, there are 24 seasons. 24? 24. So the Shunbun actually refers to a specific part of the spring season. I don't know yes. that they're going to be coming out with another 20 watches <laughs> beyond yeah. the four that they have. I, if they do, God bless them. But, you know, it's, to me, it's something, but you have to see it in person. And yeah. I've been fortunate enough to see this watch several times. And every time that I've seen it, all it's done is reinforce the fact that I want it. That I need to have it. And I don't know when I'm going to be able to make that happen. So God bless Seiko for uh, not making it a limited edition. So you can walk into any store right now and, any and you can purchase retailer, it. Any U.S. retailer, although I will tell you. So there are four watches that are part of the series. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, each one refers to each season. And, again, there are 24 seasons. But right now we have four watches. Um, mm-hmm. Summer and... Let's see. Summer and fall are actually stainless steel and they are the high beat mechanical movements. And oh, then okay. uh, so spring and winter are in the high. They call it high intensity titanium. And, and then they are spring drive movements. Right. Um, and those are actually my two favorite watches in terms of the dials. And I hate mm-hmm. to say it. I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to Grand Seiko in the sense that I want a spring drive from them. I think that that's something they do that no one else does. Uh, mechanical movements, everybody does. Though, obviously. Look, that's yeah. what we're here for. Yeah. Um, and then the high beat movements, which is, again, something they're famous for. Well, we know that Zenith does that. And mm-hmm. Zenith does it fantastically, of course. So, But it's still something that's been done. And I feel almost like that's a sop to the people that, you know, love... Uh, mechanical watchmaking and and would turn their nose up at anything else. But for me, Grand Seiko is all about the spring drive. And then it's all about the dials. Yes. The dials dials, are amazing. I, you know, I'm sitting here right now. It's two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I've definitely had more than enough to drink, but I'm dreaming right now. I just have visions of this dial in my head. And I, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but I guarantee you that at some point in 2020, I will have that watch. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's really all, all we, we got to hope for uh, for you. So it's funny. So the enthusiasm that you're currently having when uh, talking about Grand Seiko, it, it seems that over the past year, th- there's been this kind of, you know, popularity of, of, of Seiko and Grand Seiko and people seem to be waking up to the brand. Do you think that's accurate just to this year or is just that there, there has been people who enjoy these watches for so, so, so many years and for some reason uh, it, it just started popping up this year? That's a great question. And, 
you know, for years, especially for the, well, specifically for the U.S. market, Grand Seiko was sort of forbidden fruit. We knew that it existed, but it was something that they only sold uh, domestically. So if you wanted a Grand Seiko, and there were certain other Seiko pieces, too, that we couldn't get, but you had to go to the gray market, you had to go to uh, Japanese resellers. And so amongst the collector community, there was something about if you had a Grand Seiko, um, you were on the inside. You Mm -hmm. knew what you were talking about, and you had instant respect for that. And what I found interesting is that when they brought the brand over to the U.S., there was this sort of thought that, you know, they're going to fail, you know, because everybody Mm. thinks of Seiko as sort of a value brand or a more affordable brand. And now you're selling watches that are going to cost as much as, you know, Swiss pieces and German pieces. And, you know, obviously the the comparison everyone's going to look at is Rolex. And so how are you going to compete in that market when the perception of your brand is something that's a little more low rent? And what was interesting to me is that when they came over here, they actually right off the bat started doing very well. Um, Mm. And I'll tell you something right now, and this is completely anecdotal. I I don't have numbers to back this up, but when I'm every now and then I'll, I'll take a little stroll down Madison Avenue and I'll just pop into different boutiques and see what they have and say hello to people. And, but part of it is also seeing who's in the boutique. I'm coming Mm. here, you know, they know who I am obviously, but are people buying watches? Are people looking at watches? Or is anyone doing any window shopping? And one of the boutiques that routinely has uh, people in it, and it's a tiny boutique, is mm-hmm. the Seiko Boutique on Madison Avenue. And people right. are looking at Grand Seikos, and they're buying them. And it's a brand mm-hmm. that's actually doing very well in the U.S. And I love that. I, for, awesome. I love the fact that this sort of pseudo-underground brand is kicking ass and taking names. And they get it, you know, and, they, and also they really love the people that buy their watches. I think mm. there's sometimes there's a perception that when you buy a certain watch and it's something that you love and you need to have it, but on some level the brand is kind of laughing at you behind your back because they're mm. charging all this money for it and maybe the after sales service isn't that great. And, you know, you want this watch, but you feel like they don't really support you. But with Grand Seiko, when you buy that watch, you feel like you've gotten your money's worth and they're there to support you. And that's important when you're spending that kind of money. So I think they're they're doing fantastic in the U.S., it's my understanding, and and they deserve their success. Yeah, I I think I couldn't agree more with you. And uh, I I do hope that uh, this popularity just keep growing and uh, to, that people realize the, 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 the value that's right in front of them that they should take advantage of. The amount of the, the finishing that goes into the case, and you can spend $2,000, you can spend $6,000, it doesn't matter. You can, mm-hmm. And look, and you can spend a lot more than that even mm-hmm. when you look at the Credors and stuff. But the, what you get when you compare it to the similarly priced uh, mechanical watch from Europe, it doesn't compare. I mean, they're they're doing stuff at a level, and, and what I love too is that it's very Japanese. Now, yeah. I love all watches. I have Swiss watches. I have German watches. I collect G-Shocks. You know, I mean, I, I've got everything. Mm-hmm. But what I love is that each country kind of brings something different to the table, 
And when you look at a Grand Seiko or even just a regular Seiko, but we're talking to obviously about Grand Seiko here, is that it's a very Japanese interpretation of what a high-end watch should be. The Swiss mm -hmm. would not make this watch, and nor should they. You know, the Japanese are not going to make the watch that the Swiss would make. And I think that for the connoisseur, when you look at the Stein piece, you know that you have something that is very specific to where it's being made. And, yep. and that's, again, part of what we do when we're collecting. Mm -hmm. Nobody right. needs a watch. That's the, that's the irony. Yeah, None of yeah. Us yeah. Need it's, it's always the same point in this way. You know, but, but we love it. And, and so, but part of what we love, I think, is the, uh, the individuality, you know, and yeah. the diversity. So that's what it brings to the table. And this particular watch that, you know, we're talking about today, the Shunbun, again, just <laughs> the dial, the finishing, the case design, all of it, it could only be Japanese and it could only be Grand Seiko. Yeah, well, let's hope the brand continues the the amazing work that they're doing. And uh, so, in in the spirit of uh, Christmas, uh, how do you usually celebrate it? Is it just a family kind of event that, that you do? It is. You know, we, we have dinner at my mother's, and uh, we call her uh, Doctor Mom. Uh, yeah. And mm -hmm. well, she's a PhD. She's not an MD. I wish she was because she could prescribe medication, uh, and that would solve <laughs> a lot of my problems. <laughs> but uh, we but we do dinner at her house and I have to set up, I have to serve and I have to clean up um, and uh. she invites too many people. So to me, the holidays aren't over until I'm done with that. Now, <laughs> also, right. you, you have to understand, too, that my children still believe in Santa Claus. Uh. So okay. the other part of that equation is, is that for my children on Christmas Eve, They go to sleep, and then my wife and I somehow have to get all the presents out under the tree with them not waking up so that they think that Santa brought this stuff to them. Mm. You have to leave cookies and, like, milk on the table. Oh, we do that, definitely. And the, but, yeah. Yeah, but I love that because I get to eat the cookies. So <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Add a little something-something to the milk. It's the only thing that I have that I can hang my hat on that is good. Because I'll tell you one thing that won't be under the Christmas tree this year is the, the Seiko Shunbun. So <laughs> I, will have to, I will have to work a little harder for that. But right. hopefully yeah. the kids will be happy with what they get. So. Perfect. Great. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Adam, uh, we want to thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us and share uh, your enthusiasm for, for Grand Seiko. It is absolutely my pleasure and happy holidays to the both of you. And Merry Christmas Merry and Christmas happy holidays happy to you. Holidays. Thank you very much. Indeed. All right. And take care. And I will hopefully talk to everybody again soon. Yes, yes. for sure. All right, Adam. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Take bye. care. All right. Bye. All right. And we're back. Uh, so you've heard from all these people. And I hope that you enjoyed the conversations that we had with them and the picks that they chose for their uh, Christmas wish list. If you like what you hear, share it with your friends, tell all your friends about it, give us a five-star rating, subscribe to us. You can find us on any podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Um, Merry Christmas to all, happy holidays, and we will see you in 2020. Joyeux Noël, bonne année, et à l'année prochaine. Bye! Bye!